Hi, this is The Rocker Recovery and this is Angie Meadows. And Bobby Snyder. And we're here today to continue the series on overcoming uh, trauma. And we just did a lesson on the mind of Christ. And now we're going to do the heart of Christ. Because the mind and the heart are a little bit different. And I want my heart to be in tune uh, so that I can have my thinking lined up with good thinking and healthy thinking and a quiet mind. I've been told for a long time that if I, got, I can get all the information and stuff I know about recovery to take that 18-inch trip south to my heart, then I could have a lot of success. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Because if I'm allowing like bitterness next to my heart, then that's going to drive my thoughts. So I want to make sure that my heart's in tune. So kick us off with the introduction, Bobby. A violin needs tuned before every performance. Our hearts need tuned every morning to the key of tenderness, to receive love, joy, or peace. Otherwise, the dissonance of a stony heart will rule our lives with fearful anxiety, anger, or bitterness. In the parable of the seed and the sower, the stony heart develops no root. Mark 4, 16-18 Developing roots of courage, perseverance, diligence, strength, and steadfast stability require intentionality, intentionally humbling ourselves before the Lord and allowing him to give us a new heart. An old heart of stone is easily distracted, follows idols of the temporal, and cannot hold the glory of God. Oh, wow. Cannot hold the glory of God. The glory of God is heavy upon me, and I'm going to be like that old wineskin and crack, and all the glory that he just poured out on me that I sat there for an hour this morning and got will leak out before 10 a.m. <laughs> Can't be having leaks. They can't be having leaks. So I've got to renew my mind, renew my thinking, help my heart to be in tune with the Holy Spirit so that I can hold the glory of God. So number one on the lesson. Lesson one, here are the instructions. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Deuteronomy 6, 5. That's the first instruction. Number two, how do I love God like this? These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Deuteronomy 6.6. 6. Number three, how do I get the commandments on my heart? <laughs> so you see how I'm just taking a question and asking it so that I can, dis I can find the answer in Scripture? So how do I get this command upon my heart? Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them upon your foreheads. Write them upon the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Deuteronomy 6, 7, and 8. I think we get in trouble if we did all that stuff today. <laughs> you know, sometimes, sometimes I write it on my hand. Sometimes I write it on a note card and I tie it around my neck. And, and I do have plaques on my doors at home that have scripture on them. <laughs> I have a little note on my, the exit of my you studio do. here. Believe. <laughs> it says, yes. believe in yourself. Amen. So we want to know, why is this so important? For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. Whatever we, medi yeah, whatever we meditate or think on is what's going to come out of our mouth. <laughs> so whatever I allowed next in my mind, got next to my heart, and that's what's coming out. So if I don't know what's in my heart, I can listen to my words, and I can find it. I can find exactly what's in my heart that I need to deal with. Number five. How can I enjoy the blessings of a pure heart? How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me go astray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. 
in Psalms 119, 9 through 11. So I want to hide his word in my heart. And the way I hide his word in my heart is uh, I ponder it. I think about it. I talk to him about it. I pray it. I turn it around and pray it. If I get stuck in a little anxiety, fear cycle, I'll just literally sit and open my Bible. And it won't take me but usually less than a minute to immediately find peace. There's somewhere my eyes will land that will just give me this incredible strength to go on for my day. So the exercise here is to evaluate your heart. So I have a chart here, and we have what looks like a tender heart and what looks like the heart of stone. So we're going to go right down through this. After we read the Ezekiel scripture, we're going to go right down through what a tender heart looks like and what a heart of stone looks like. <coughs> so Ezekiel eleven nineteen 19 through 20. I will give them singleness of heart, which means an undivided heart, and put a new spirit within them. I will take away their hearts of stone and give them tender hearts instead, so they will obey my laws and regulations. And then they will truly be my people, and I will be their God. So Bobby's going to uh, say what a tender heart looks like, and then I'll say what the heart of stone looks like. Well, that's about backwards. <laughs> <laughs> These are the things that I need to work on more. Okay. Do <laughs> um, you want me to read them all the way down or just one at a time? Just one at a time. All right. First one is an upright or joyful heart, Psalm 97, 11. And that is the opposite of a hardened heart in Exodus 4, 21, 7, 3, and 13. A heart free from sin, Psalm 119, 11. And that's the opposite of a stubborn, disloyal heart in Psalm 78, 8. A sound, blameless heart, Psalm 119, verse 80. A perverse heart, Proverbs 12, 8. Do you see how, how I... I need to understand that I'm responsible for the condition of my heart. Do I want a joyful, upright heart, free from sin and being blameless before God, or do I want a hardened, stubborn, perverse heart? I've got to, I've got to evaluate what my heart's like and choose where I want to land. A tried or, or tested heart. And that's Jeremiah seventeen ten. A sorrowful heart, Proverbs fifteen thirteen. A whole heart, Jeremiah twenty four seven. A fretful, raging heart, in Proverbs nineteen three. A single heart, undivided, so to speak, Ezekiel eleven nineteen. A foolish heart, in Proverbs twenty two fifteen. An obedient heart, Ezekiel eleven twenty. A wicked, evil heart, Proverbs twenty six twenty three. A new heart, Ezekiel 18, 31. A fearful heart in Isaiah 35, 4. A new spirit, Ezekiel 36, 26. An idolatrous heart in Isaiah 44, 15. A spirit-filled heart, Ezekiel 36, 27. A pagan heart in Isaiah 44, 16, and 17. A blessed heart, Ezekiel 36, 28. A blinded, deluded heart in Isaiah 44, 18. A clean heart, Ezekiel 36, 29. A mindless heart in Isaiah 44, 19. And a kept guarded heart, Proverbs 4, 23. A deceived, deluded heart in Isaiah 44, 20. A honest or good heart, Luke 8, 15. A departing, cursed heart in Jeremiah 17, 5. A good heart with a fruitful life, Luke 6, 43. A desperately wicked heart in Jeremiah 17, 9. A wise heart. Proverbs 10.8 A prideful heart in Jeremiah 49.16 Believing heart, Acts 8.37 An exiled heart in Ezekiel 11.21 
a faithful heart, Romans 10, 6 through 9. An unclean heart in Matthew 15, 18, and 19. And a grateful heart in Colossians 3, 16. <laughs> a simple, easily deceived heart and mind in Romans 16, 18. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm just laughing at how, I'm laughing at how, how black and white this, how, man, I can be. We're left, real right. Yeah, I could be in this desperate spot and think that it's me and think that this heart of stone is something that's me instead of understanding that my birthright is a tender heart. But I develop this heart of stone without even realizing it whenever I'm wounded. Whenever somebody has wounded me and somebody's hurt me and I've allowed that to become my identity, I can't feel God. And I developed that heart of stone. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like a scar. It won't, it won't let anything it in. It won't let anything in. So I have, to I have to work on forgiveness and my anger and my bitterness and, the, and releasing this stuff that torments me. Or I'm going to have that heart of stone. So if I want that tender heart, then I've got to yield all this stuff to God. i got to give it to Him as a sacrifice. And there it is, Lord. I can't fix it. <laughs> get it. Okay, let's read the application here. We must intentionally tune our ears to hear wisdom and apply our hearts to receive understanding. Proverbs says to call out for insight, cry aloud for understanding, look for wisdom as for silver, and search for it for hidden treasure. Then we will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Proverbs 2, 1 through 5. God's wisdom is not cheap or easy. It takes the pursuit of a diligent person to find it. Yeah, there's this one verse that says, those that seek me early shall find me. And that word early means diligently. So if I seek the Lord diligently, 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 I will find him. So the principle that I want you to think with today is a happy heart is my responsibility to cultivate. Yeah, my responsibility. Yes. So it's kind of, we were some talking about that in the last episode, about me creating an environment around me that's conducive for God to operate in, dude. That's that's my part. We so, always I always hear God won't steer a parked car. <laughs> Get it moving. I, I gotta keep it moving. Yeah, so but that takes an evaluation of evaluating what's down in there that needs to come up, that needs to be released, that needs to be healed, validated, heard, seen, loved. And you know, if you weren't seen, heard, loved, and validated as a child, you may not know how to bring these things up. You might have to just get with trusted friends and in a trusted group and, and listen to them. And even if, you're, um, even if you don't have addiction problems, you probably have relationship problems and codependency meetings, um, Al-Anon meetings, things like that would be really good for you to start just having one skill with every meeting. Like, okay, today we're working on acceptance. Today we're working on... Um, releasing our depression and, and receiving joy. Today we're working on, you know what I mean? Just one thing. There's a big benefit of that uh, that comes out of, as you work the steps in recovery, when you get to the to the end of them, so to speak, which is really doesn't mean that you're finished, it's just the end of the 12, but there, there's some maintenance that has to go on, and, it, and it's also where we grow a lot. Everybody calls them the maintenance steps, but I like, I like the growing steps a lot better. Uh, you know, as I take inventory on a daily basis and I see and it's in my face what I need to work on, it, it, it allows me to do those things, to reach out to others, to, you know, if, if I've got something I need to share with somebody, I need to do it and usually at once. Uh, there's pages in the big book that line this stuff up on the 11th step. 
Um, it's it's a it's as far as the recovery side, uh, which was kind of what I'm here for. Um, that that self, uh, I guess that self evaluation is is mm -hmm. a principle that anybody really you mm -hmm. don't have to be in recovery mm -hmm. to benefit from mm -hmm. taking a look at yourself. Uh, and and then sharing it with someone that may have an unbiased view of the situations that you're sharing with them. Of course, they're going to have care and concern for you because you're they're, you're their confidant. Mm -hmm. you know? So there's obviously a relationship there, and you care about what's going on in their lives. But to be uh, kind of uh, neutral in the situation. Right is, is uh, what, it, what needs to be happening. So what that makes me think of is I may not know I need healing. I may, not, I may just think, okay, I don't have drug and alcohol problems, um, so I don't really know that I need healing. But if you have relationship problems, if you have struggles, if you're stuck in your head, if you're just not in a place where you can sing and enjoy the peace of God, then this is for you. This recovery is for you. And until you sit down and say, I'm stuck. How long am I going to be stuck in this fear? How long am I going to be stuck beating myself up? You know, how long am I going to sit here with this in this darkness? Or am I going to get up and start working recovery? So you may not think that you have addiction problems per se, but we all need recovery. And I think that's what Bobby's saying. So in conclusion... You cannot change your words until you change your heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, his mouth speaks in Luke 6.45. So I want to listen to my words. If I'm angry, if I'm bitter, if I'm uh, snippy, if I'm spewing sometimes, if it just bubbles up in me and there it comes, then I need to start working on my heart so that I can, that my words naturally change. So your heart is a mirror of what's going on inside of you. And it says, as water reflects a face, so a man's heart reflects the man in Proverbs 27, 19. So I wanna to listen to my words because that is my mirror. So your words reveal what is inside your heart. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's Matthew 12, 34. So Jesus is telling them here, he's talking to the Pharisees. And he's saying, you've got evil in your heart. And so that's what your mouth is speaking. So listen to your words. Listen to your thoughts. And as you listen to your words and your thoughts, you're going to hear what it is that you need to deal with. Okay, take it from there, Bobby. I don't know the right. letters. The letters. The letters from Christ are written on our hearts. You show that you are you show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry written not with the ink but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone but on tablets of human hearts. 2 Corinthians 3 3. Hmm. Written on the tablet of my heart. So I want you to ask yourself, what is written on my heart? What what have I written in the book of my heart and what's coming up? So Christ is the light in our hearts to illuminate the way. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness. He made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. 
2 Corinthians 4, 6. So what's illuminating in your heart? Is there a light that's coming on that's, that's helping you heal? Or are you just sitting there with confusion? Because when I think of darkness, what I think of is confusion. We are right there. Christ dwells. Christ dwells in our hearts through faith. So Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Ephesians 3.17. So there's faith here. There's, um, there's not, you know, and to me, anxiety, fear, worry, fretfulness is the opposite of faith. And so I need to exercise a faith muscle, and I need to say to the Lord, Lord, I don't have any faith. I, I don't believe. I, I might believe a little. I think I know I'm supposed to believe. I want to believe, but I can't do it. And when I come to the Lord and say, I can't believe, Lord, would you help me to believe? All of a sudden, there's this uh, empowerment of where now I can start moving in faith. Okay, next one. It's our duty to do the will of God from our hearts. Be like slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Ephesians 6.6. 6. So I have to figure out what the will of God is. And, the, and, and let's just start small. The will of God is to be quiet, mind my own business live in peace <laughs> let's just start small where is that will of God and pick one that you're wrestling with and work on that one so the fruit of a tender heart is peace and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus Philippians 4 7 that's the fruit of a tender heart the word of the Lord and other believers can encourage and comfort our hearts my my purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding. Colossians 2.2. 2. So I think there's this riches that doesn't come from money, doesn't come from temporal things, but literally comes from uh, other believers and from encouraging each other and just finding good friends and good support. After a time of testing, we will be strengthened, established, and settled in our hearts. May he strengthen your heart so that you'll, you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father, where our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. 1 Thessalonians 3.13 So it does say that there's going to be a time of testing. Uh, to and then after that, you'll be strengthened, established, and settled. So in my time of testing, what I feel like that is, is like a, uh, it's like a purging fire. And as it heats up, it shows me what's in me. So if my response is anger, then I have anger in my heart that I need to start working on. So as the testing comes to me, it heats me up. It shows me what's inside of me that I need to deal with. And then when I've dealt with that, when I've released it to the Lord, now I can be blameless and holy and I can have the presence of God. And so he's going to strengthen, establish, and settle me. So I need to land right there. I need to land on, okay, God, I'm not going to keep my eyes on this test, on this circumstance that's really making me suffer. Instead, I'm going to keep my eyes on, when I get through this, Lord, you're going to strengthen me, establish me, and settle me in my heart, and I'm going to be more mature. Your instructions are to direct your heart into the love of God through perseverance and waiting upon Christ. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance, patient waiting on Christ. 2 Thessalonians 3, 5. In that, I heard uh, a sermon this week and it was talking about that waiting. And it said waiting was like lying in wait, um, being very uh, defiant to not 
uh, let the enemy engage you, but to just hide yourself and wait and see what God's doing. So a lot of times circumstances in my life, if I let that circumstance indulge me like an enemy, I've lost the vision to even know what God's doing. I haven't lied in wait like a little soldier hiding to say, okay, God, where's the battle? Where do you want me to jump in at? What are you teaching me here? So there are 884 verses in the King James Bible on heart. There is so much more for us to learn about our hearts. This was only 34 verses on the heart, and there are 30 verses on the heart and being wise. So when I can train my heart to be wise, now I can start moving and operating in the words of the Lord and walking in peace. It says a trained heart is a wise heart. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> so I have to train my heart. So this is not something that's just going to happen to me. It's something it is I a muscle. Be, it is a muscle, and I've got to be intentional about it. So, Lord, we just thank you, and for this reason we kneel before you, our Father from whom the whole family of heaven and earth derives its name. We pray that out of your glorious riches that we may be strengthened with power through your spirit in our inner being so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. And we pray that each one of us would be rooted and established in love, that we may have the power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know his love that surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God now to him who is able to do abundantly more than all we could ever ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. That's a, the, a prayer in Ephesians 3, 14 through 20. Amen. And this was the Rocker Recovery. I'm Bobby Snyder. And this is Angie Meadows. And we're telling you goodbye. Bye-bye.